How's everyone doing? My name is Steven Rosenberg, and welcome to Influencer Media Alliance. I have a very special guest, Robert. How are you doing today? Doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me. So for the couple of people out there that don't know who you are, um, why don't you introduce yourself and give a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So my name is Robert Garcia. Moved to Austin about a couple of years ago, and I'm basically a creative producer. Went to school for cinematography, worked in television for a while, came back after living in Japan for a year, and actually started my own photography company. And now I'm going completely the other way and turning back into video production because it's really one of the most relevant forms of media we have today. I could not agree more. And, you know, just for the listeners, again, that don't know who you are, that was a good intro, but you definitely undersell yourself. You're extremely talented in what you do. Uh, I've been really impressed. You also are doing this new Tips for Tricks. Tips for Trips, yeah. So I, uh, I've always been a huge traveler. And uh, one of the hardest things for traveling for me was actually figuring out all those little details that maybe a guidebook doesn't have or something that maybe is obviously listed as like a tourist experience. Like if you're going to go to Paris, you got to see the Eiffel Tower. But that's obvious. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make something that was relevant, giving people information that was just like, what about this little cafe that's right next to the Eiffel Tower mm. that gives you an awesome view that locals go to with great espresso? So the whole point with Tips for Trips was just in a real quick, short form video, like one or two minutes, just give people highlights of the very best, like hidden gems of travel tips that I've learned over the years or just learned from friends and family and deliver that to you in a real quick video. So yeah. that's what Tips for Trips has been. And it, it's really good because you do, you highlight a lot of different areas in it and the video quality is outstanding and stuff like that. So. Um, Tell me more about how you uh, ended up from uh, Arizona to here or, you know, like what your goal is with being here. Yeah, it's a great question. I was based in Arizona for most of my life and really things were going great. I had a lot of a lot of great clients, a network of people that I really loved. But one thing about the market in Phoenix where I was living is the type of media I wanted to create and the availability to freelance was not as great as it is in a market like Austin. Okay. So made a very uh, tough decision mm -hmm. and decided to make the move. And as a freelancer, I basically came here with just very limited resources, almost no professional connections. But every time you move as a professional, as a freelancer, as an entrepreneur, you force yourself to grow. So you have to reinvent the wheel of your marketing. You have to go knock on doors again. You have to get your feet wet again in different channels. and. Part of, I guess, me coming here was having that drive, and I wanted to be challenged again. And, you know, the first few months was one of the biggest challenges in my life. I mean, I came here and literally knocked on every door and went to people and talked to them. But I persevered, and it just takes that one first job, and then people are like, oh, yeah, I, I know a photographer. I know a video guy. Let me, uh, let me refer you to him. And from there, it's just been growing and growing. So... All that hard work and persistence is uh, starting to pay off. Right, and it's absolutely key. And I think it's something that we hit off on right away when we first met. Is like, because I agree, you know, coming into a new market, it's crazy that you can go from the top of your game, and you literally have to go back down to the bottom. Like, no matter how talented you are, no matter how much skill you have, it's not about that. It's like you have to re-earn it, and you know, getting those clients and the customers, and then building on top of that. So. 
you know, the work ethic part, I definitely get. And, you know, I think that we just relate on a lot of those types of topics. And, um, you know, so now that you're here, you're building the clientele, what do you see yourself being or doing in the next five years or 10 years? I mean, what would be an ideal goal for you? That's a good question. But I think ideally what I would like to do is continue to create more short form media and video productions. Okay. And ultimately inspire people to want to do things that I already love to do. So if they wanted to travel more, I think there's a big sort of fear and stigma of traveling. Oh, it's expensive. I don't know the language. I don't know how to navigate. I, I, I don't do well on this or that. I think traveling has been one of the biggest influences in my life. That's just helped me see people on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And with airfare wars happening and prices dropping as much as they are just to get on a plane, I think it's one of the best times we've ever had for us to travel. Mm. And I would really like to enable people to do that more, whether if it's just me inspiring them with videos or creating some kind of platform or some kind of idea, Mm -hmm. you know, to get people to team up and almost like we have LinkedIn for jobs. It'd be fun to see if we could do something like that on a travel sense or just because we have TripAdvisor and we have Yelp and we have all these things, but there's still not one cohesive way to say, I'm going to, I don't know, Bangkok in December. Mm -hmm. You reach out on Facebook and if nobody responds, you're kind of just like, all right, I don't know anybody. Still going. But But what if we had some way to connect people or some way to do so? I would love to help facilitate that with media and with what I do in video, but also just have that network or that kind of you know framework. I think it'd be really fun to do something. I think that'd be really smart. That's, you might be onto something big. Yeah, almost like a um, yeah a way that people can connect, um, like ways in a sense, but for traveling. And so like uh, live updates or you know everybody can contribute their opinion or you know just yeah. a way to network while you're there or not or you know but exactly and i love how you know back in austin a while ago we didn't have uber and lyft and how they Mm -hmm. were able to create a network on a facebook page yep that immediately solved a lot of the problem and if if we can do something that simple by just taking a facebook page and creating you know a ride sharing page why aren't we doing something like that with traveling like hey Mm -hmm. i'll be in australia anybody gonna like whether it's in your network, your extended network, having that sort of centralized hub would be really cool. And uh, that would be a goal, I guess, to try to facilitate that in some way that I do with creative media. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, because the creative media, kind of stepping back to the much bigger picture, I think creative media and video media is becoming one of the most influential things on the internet right now. It's by far... Uh, you know, I feel like people are much more in tune with watching a one or two minute video than they are reading a blog anymore. And that's not the way it used to be five years ago or 10 years ago. You know, I really think you have an advantage if you can learn how to tell your story, have a good product and are able to create a creative video from that. Do you have an opinion on that? Or have you seen any trends with the clients you work with? Yeah, and I would love to kind of jump from that as well. And even branch that out into advertising. Mm-hmm. And I feel like traditional models of a lot of advertising are kind of slowly being buried. You know, just showing somebody here's a can of Coke maybe doesn't make you want to drink it. And kind of how product placement changed a lot, you know, 30, 40 years ago. 
I think now we're seeing an evolution of social advertising where you're watching something and you don't even know it's an ad because mm-hmm. you think the product's cool or you think whatever they're featuring is cool. And to me, that is just mind-blowing because I'll sit there watching a video. It's like, wow, this is cool, a Fitbit for your dog. And before I realized it, I was watching an ad, but it was so creatively done that I thought it was actually just a quick little 30-second video featuring this new product, which it was. But I was like, wow, is this just an informational video or is this an ad? And then I thought, why do they have to be different? Exactly. But they weren't telling me to do anything. They were just Mm -hmm. saying, you can do this. Yeah. And I love that about media, and I love that how we can do that nowadays. And, yeah, I think the blog model is slowly dying. Mm -hmm. And when you're in line at the bank and a video pops up in your Facebook feed, it's easier to watch a little 30-second or 60-second video than actually, like, have to read it and then go through it, and there's links and then ads pop up. People just want to sit there, I mean, you know, and watch it. Well, I think the biggest thing is people don't want to be forced to watch things. I mean, like, the commercial, the standards TV commercial is dying because people do not want to be shoved down their throat what they should be watching. Sure. I mean, like, that's why Netflix, a big reason why Netflix is so important or, you know, so successful is because you're not forcing people to watch commercials anymore and it's cheaper and all these other things. But even if you do happen to be watching TV and a commercial comes on, I feel like the first thing everybody does is go straight to their cell phone and check their email exactly. or watch a 30-second video yeah. on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Nobody's sitting there writing down what someone's saying on a commercial. And yeah. if if you are interested in the product, you're going to Google first before right. you do anything yep. or Amazon or whoever. Yeah. I just think that so doing it creatively makes way more sense because you're not shoving that down someone's throat. Yeah, I think... Also, the biggest word that comes to mind right now is relevancy. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that, yeah, we do give up some privacies on our Facebook with, you know, our gender, our age, where we live. But at the same time, the other side of that sword is that you're also getting targeted ads that are going to be more relevant for you versus somebody else. Correct. And I think that's a very powerful thing. And that's why we don't see ourselves skipping over as many ads on Facebook as we would television. Because television, the market is whatever, 15 to 80 for that time period. If you're watching the news, they're going to hit every demographic of advertising they can. But on Facebook, if you're just scrolling through your page, they already know your age. They already know more or less what you like. Right. And I think that's a very important thing to realize is if you can create content and media that targets that specific thing, all of a sudden, you're not as bothered right. when you see that. Exactly. And I, I love that concept. It's so... You're filtering out all of the other 80% of irrelevant advertising, mm-hmm. and you're getting just the good stuff that, you know, maybe you'll consider buying. Or maybe you're like, yeah, I never thought about that, but now that I see it here. Well, I think that's where sort of the brand aspect is becoming more and more important, too. Because, you know, if you're not ready to buy something the first time you see an ad, which is common... You know, but you start buying into the brand or the person or, you know, the mascot or whoever it is, and they're constantly releasing creative content or teaching you how to do something or, you know, uh, traveling around the world and giving you really relevant and helpful tips, you know, ultimately when they are ready to make some kind of purchase that relates to that, they're going to go to you first because you've provided so much upfront value in a creative, entertaining way. Yeah. You know, people will pay for entertainment and people will pay for things that will save them time. And I think that that's why we're seeing just 
a domination of like how it's really starting to flip. I mean, these other industries have been around and the most influential thing since radio, but it's starting to turn, you know, and there's a lot of resistance to that, which I find crazy. I don't know if you ever encounter that, but you know, there's still billions and billions of dollars being spent on TV commercials, newspaper ads, billboards, all of those things. Uh, I just, I don't see where that's going to be in 10 years. Yeah. And I don't think it will be as sustainable as it is now, because if you look at the model of even cable television, you know, we have websites like Netflix mm-hmm. who are completely changing the industry. Yep. And how do we make ads now for Netflix? Or do you even want ads? Mm-hmm. Or is it just a subscription service? There's so many things that are changing. And I saw, I think, something HBO was advertising. Like, you can just now, I think, get HBO Go. Yep. I have it. As a standalone service. Yep. And to me, that is very awesome because finally, a huge cable provider, you know, entertainment provider on a cable network is saying, you know what, we're ready to do this on our own. Yep. And I'm sure Time Warner or Spectrum or Cox or Comcast, I'm sure they were not happy. No. But this is the future of now. It is. You know, if you're going to be stuck in a unionized taxi service, well, you're going to get left behind. If you're going to be a post office and only rely on you know, letter mail, you're going to get left behind. But the post office partnered with Amazon and they said, all right, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to sell as many stamps as we were 20 years ago, but we're going to find ways to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And if you don't constantly try to, to look for new ways to reinvent yourself, you're not going to make it. And even with my own business, like I, I used to do all kinds of types of photos and types of videos, which nowadays I don't even see. People, oh, really? people just want the highlight reel. Like I used to shoot weddings. Like I did a lot of videos for weddings and it was like this whole long process of recording it and editing. It took forever. <laughs> and now people, when they ask me, do you do, could you do like a wedding video? I could tell them like, I know exactly what they want. They want the one or two minute highlight reel showing like the very best parts for everyone mm-hmm. who wasn't there, you know? And I was like, that form of media is, is kind of new. Like they, people just want the highlights. We, we're Nobody such has a, time. We're such a busy society. There's always things happening <laughs> and we just want the highlights. And you know what? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I read some spark notes editions of books in high school, you mm-hmm. know? Right. And what's wrong with that? You know, it's, it's literally trying to get to the meat, to the very best things, to those hidden gems of every article, every mm-hmm. video, every movie. And I think, that's really the, that was the crux for, for Tips for Trips was I want to get to just the very best things when you come here. Hmm. All the tourist stuff, you already know. I'm not here to teach you like the basics. Right. I just want to give you right. the meat of it, just the <laughs> gems, you know? And let's be real. When we travel, those are the stories we live to tell. That's true. Yeah. You know what? I, this wasn't listed in a guidebook, but my buddy said, check out this bar. It's called No Name Bar. And literally it was, you know, you have that whole story. Yeah. And I get excited about that versus, yeah, we saw the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, when someone tells who, right. you we saw the Eiffel Tower, is there even a follow-up question? You're like, oh, it's yeah, it's still there. You know, like it's, it's tough. And I, I'm not saying like it's not something you should see. It's great. Right. It's very awesome to see. But it's something that people want stories. And a lot of that comes back to my, to my media too is I, I've, I've seen a lot of photographers now start doing some video work. Mm-hmm. And which is very interesting for me because I was primarily video after working in TV. And when I worked in TV, TV news, the whole thing was tell, tell a story. Yeah. It's just gonna... And it doesn't matter 
what shots, but tell a story with your shots. And that was drilled into me. I studied, you know, my minor was in journalism and all this mm -hmm. experience with that. And literally learning that changed my outlook because I'll see videos now and they're doing a little sort of highlight reel or some video of a photo shoot mm -hmm. and there's no story. Hmm. So it's almost just like a poorly made documentary at that point where you're just like, okay, so you did some video of this. What does that do to me? What story does that tell? Mm -hmm. And I think we're at a really awesome point with media. Anyone could be a media producer. Yep. It's not just about the equipment because your iPhone can take amazing Correct. 4K video yep. now. Like it doesn't matter about your equipment. What matters is the story. And that's why I never judge a video by like the quality of production. Mm -hmm. I always look at, does this pull me in? Yep. Is this a story? And I think that's kind of the one thing I always like to tell people is like, tell a story with your media, not just boom, 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 it's done. What, what did that leave me with? So give me and some other people some advice on like, how would you go about doing that? You know, like mentally, cause it, yeah. it's not going to be something that you can fix overnight. Right. Like you said, you have to get it like ingrained in yourself yeah. and practice it a million sure. different times, you know, and that's something that, yeah. So I, I'd be very curious, like what are some guidelines for when you're about to make a video? Yeah. I think it's a really good question. And a professor once told me this, he's like, you should be able to figure out like the who, what, where, why, and how, more or less, when you're just watching the video. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to know. And the best reference I can give people is watch Super Bowl commercials because they have 30 seconds or a minute, and they tell you the entire story within that time period. And you never, you pretty much always know what's going to happen. You're like, okay, like I see this kid, he... He's playing soccer with a Coke can or something, and then this other kid comes up, right. and he's now wants to compete with him, and they're all trying to compete for the Coke can, and then in the end, you know, those are some of the best examples I've seen because those are the greatest minds for, you know, marketing and advertising mm -hmm. in the world. And they're doing it in short-form media, which is what we're trying to create now. Mm -hmm. So that would be something that I would recommend people to do is seriously check out Super Bowl commercials because they all tell a story. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to follow, and there's no ambiguity. Like, you see the kid come out. You're like, okay, he's alone on some streets somewhere in, like, some, you know, poor neighborhood. He sets up his little goal. Mm -hmm. They're playing kick the can. Okay, the stuff, like, you know right. what's, what's happening. Right. And so what about if you don't have an end product that you're trying to sell in that video? So, like, Coke is obviously sure. very directly trying to sell Coke. Yeah. But, like, you know, if you have something that you're not necessarily selling something yet. Like, you know that there's value in it, and mm -hmm. you know maybe one day you want to either create a service out of it or sell a product or something like that, but you don't have, like, a end, like, click this link to buy it. Right. Is it the same process? It can be, but I would also add to that and say whatever product or service you're creating, what problem does it solve? Mm -hmm. And I would focus on that concept for the video. Okay. Um, if you're making something that doesn't solve a problem, you should really think about why you're making this. Like if you're trying to make, I don't know, another kind of yo-yo, for mm -hmm. example, why? Mm. What does this provide? What kind of value does, does this provide to a child or to whoever's going to use it? Does it light up? Does it glow in the dark? Does it 
every yo-yo we sell, we're going to donate one to a kid in, you know, some poor country that right. doesn't have a yo-yo. Like, it has to have a message. Mm-hmm. And it has. I think it should be able to solve some kind of problem. So maybe you're not creating a brand new yo-yo, but you're solving the problem of kids not having yo-yos in that country. And to me, that would be something you could you could definitely sell and create a value from, rather than just saying, okay, we're making a new a new Fitbit for dogs. Going back to that example, like, mm-hmm. okay, first of all, that's a new product, and that solves the problem of I don't know if my dog's getting enough exercise. Right. And people worry about that. Right. You know, so that's that's already hilarious. solving that. Yeah. So I think I hear a lot of people come up to me. I have this idea, and I'm like, okay, but what does that do for me? What problem does that solve, and why should I care? And I think if you, that's something that a lot of people don't take the time with early on, mm-hmm. and they just rush, 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 and then it just kind of plateaus, and then it might just die, or it might not even take off. So think about what it is you're trying to create, or what it is you're trying to make. And ask yourself, does this solve a problem? And why, you know, why would my mom want to buy this? Mm-hmm. Or why would my brother want this? Or watch it. Or watch it. Right. And it's getting harder. Yeah. Because a lot of people are making media. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are getting better at it. And a lot of people who maybe weren't good at media before, but were really good at storytelling, now are just dangerous enough. Because mm-hmm. if you look at some of the videos on YouTube, they're not all professionally shot. They're not all like perfect lighting. Like, like you know, I studied film. Like I know exactly what it's right. supposed to look yeah. like. But <laughs> the stuff they're making has a value and they're telling a story and they're doing it in a creative and marketable way. Yeah. And I think that's something to keep in mind because they're doing something right. Oh, for sure. And, and what if they were doing it that right? Plus all the video skills. Yeah. Then you're on a next level. Then you're really dangerous. Right. Which is kind of like where you are. I mean, in a sense, and what you do. Because, like, when you work with someone, you not only create the amazing visual content and have all this experience and expertise, but, like, you also, I'm guessing, help people with defining what that what that story needs to be in their video. Because I'm sure you get all kinds of crazy... Oh, just make this happen. Like, it's real yeah. easy. Like, <laughs> go ahead. You know, just make it happen, I mean, Robert. That is definitely one of the biggest challenges okay. of my business because people will just come up. We want to make a video. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of my job to sort of, you know, serve as that liaison to be like, okay, what are we making? Why are we making it? How is this going to help you? And how are we going to deliver it? And it's a really, really good point because a lot of times companies are just like, we want to do something like this. And I have to take, they'll show me like like the Coke can ad or something. And they're like, we want something like this for our business. And they're doing hair products. Right. So it's like, that's when the creative really comes in. And you have to think, okay, how does this, what are they trying to get from this video that they want in their own? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a challenge. And that's where creativity comes in. And a lot of, uh, you know, airplane mode sessions where I just sit there focused on my computer no pop-ups, no notifications, and you just have to go into your creative flow. And because uh, it's creativity is still one of those things that I think is highly valued. Yeah. That is not everywhere, and it's not something you teach per se. Right. How? I mean. I mean, I. What I've learned to do is just turn off distractions. Okay. Um, I think there's. Uh, there's a. Uh, I guess you could call it like a. 
thing in the brain where if our brains were not meant to be distracted, so as soon as you're pulled away from something, you lose some of that focus on whatever you were doing, mm-hmm. even if it's just for a split second. So if you're writing an email and you've got this great flow going on and then a Facebook notification pops up on your phone and it's just, you know, photos from last year. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yep. You're like, ah, oh, whatever. That split second that you took your eyes off that email, your brain already focused in on your phone, processed all that, put that in another compartment, and you've lost some of that like flow or that focus that you're doing on the email. And for me, that's... I used to think, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, I can mm. just, I, I can multitask well enough. I, right. can, I have 100 tabs open at any moment. There's always email. There's Final Cut Pro mm-hmm. running. There's a Photoshop in the background. There's always stuff going on. But I started, uh, I started doing that whole airplane mode thing and just literally will take an hour, go completely dark, and I've done so much more creative work. Really? Yeah. It, it's actually helped me a lot. And, you know, there's a couple of books on the matter and there's a couple of podcasts that I listen to that were there talking just about this. And I was like, I thought it was hocus pocus, you know, some kind of whatever. But I actually started to focus and just said, okay, no more distractions for, for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it's worked. So worth a shot, you know? Last question. Speaking of podcasts... Where do you think, like, if you had to do a podcast show, would you do one, and what would it be on? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, wow. Um, first of all, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. And going back to what I talked about, if I were to create one, I wouldn't want to just create what's already been created. Mm-hmm. A lot of them solve a lot of problems, a lot of great talent, a lot of stuff out there. So I would have to maybe delve into... I'd have to delve into a little bit more travel podcast okay, and see what's out there because I would love to have more. The whole thing with the tips for trips, it's quick. It's a minute or two video and right. it's just gems. Yeah. A lot of the stuff you can't really get into the details is like how I book tickets or how I go about planning a trip or how I decide on where I go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that podcast would just be my own personal take on it. But I think, you know, I've, I've made enough mistakes traveling mm-hmm. that I would hopefully inspire other people not to make the same mistakes. Right. So maybe, maybe something along those lines where it would be sort of a, an expanded version of Tips for Trips. Like we could even do a behind the scenes on each episode and I could talk about, because people ask me all the time, you didn't mention this, you didn't mention this. And I'm like, okay. I've got 30 seconds to work. I've got a, a very or short amount yeah. of time. Yeah. And um, to be honest, most of those things you're already going to know if you're going there. Mm-hmm. Like my job's not to my job's not to be a guidebook. It's like right. a hidden gem book. Yeah. It's more just like, you know, an example I use is like in Madrid. Yeah. Which um, was your most recent? Yeah, it's yeah. one definitely one of my most recent ones. They uh, people mis- misunderstood because. Back in the day, they didn't really use trash cans in bars. Okay. You would just take your napkin after eating your tapa or your beer, and you would just throw it on the ground. And okay. then, like, a little busboy would go in and sweep it up, like, every hour. And okay. it was just part of the thing, because they would just sweep it up, put it in one big bag, and that was it. Um, and a lot of the older generation, and some of the newer generation in Madrid still do this. Mm-hmm. So if you actually go to a bar in Madrid and you see napkins on the floor, you know 100% without a fact that locals go there. Okay. Interesting. And stuff like that. Yeah. That you would never, Ever. that's not in Lonely Planet. Correct. And it might be in some TripAdvisor thing, you know, hundreds of pages in, but I've never seen it personally. Mm-hmm. And I heard that from a local in, in Spain. And I was like, 
smart. Like, because that's, that's so hard. Where, what bar do you go to? Right. What restaurant do we go to? And you see all these people hustling you in. And my friends there were like, first of all, Spanish restaurants will never hustle you in. So if they're like, there's a guy out front there saying, come in. He, she's like, it's not real Spanish food. Interesting. That's, that's a enterprise for tourism but that's like such a helpful thing you know if, if you ever go there yeah i feel like that's really valuable piece of information right. that oh. i would never go to think to research that on google even you know? yeah and it's and people don't realize yelp is primarily used in north america uh-huh. it almost doesn't exist in europe right TripAdvisor does but the thing with TripAdvisor is who's writing the reviews if you're traveling from england and you're going to, say, Spain, and you're saying these are the best tapas you've ever had, that might be very true for you. But if you're from England, what is your exposure to tapas? Mm -hmm. Or if you're coming from Japan, and you're going to Italy, and you're saying this is the best pizza of my life, mm -hmm. what does that compare to your own experience? Right. Not saying it's a bad review or anything like that, but I always think about relevancy. Like, you're from Japan. You maybe not have not even had a ton of pizza. Right. Right. And this very well might be the best pizza for you, but for an Italian person, right. this might be the run of the mill. This is like regular is like, stuff. Yeah. So even with reviews on TripAdvisor, it's it's really tricky. So instead of giving people just blanket, like eat at this restaurant, mm -hmm. I don't know, next year that restaurant might not be there or it might change out business partners or something. But that whole napkin tip where if you see napkins on the bar, that's going to be there for a while. And that's, a, that's something that I think people could take away with instead of, okay, well, this restaurant has four out of five stars. If you see bars on the floor at a bar or restaurant, it's, it's a pretty safe bet. You know, that local locals. madrileños, local people in Madrid are eating there. So, yeah, things like that. So to answer your question, I know we kind of took it around. No. I would love to do a, a podcast maybe going a little more in depth for those really dedicated travelers who are like, all right. Well, I was going to say, I mean, just from watching your videos on your di the different places, if you had a link that was like, do you want to hear more details about this or, you know, go through the whole story and the whole process, click on this button to listen to the podcast, I, would want, I wouldn't sit there and do it on my computer. But the next time I'm in my car sitting in Austin, Texas traffic, I'm going to listen to that, especially yeah. if I have a trip that I'm considering or going to go to that place. Yeah, it's a great idea, actually. I think it'd be interesting for you to start and even just test a couple of those. Uh, yeah, that would be very, yeah. very cool. Actually, really, uh, really like the sound of that, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. More to come. Um, the last thing I like to do before I end the podcast is if you could ask one question to an audience of people, and let's say it was millions of people, and get feedback, do you have a specific question uh, for that audience of people? Just, I always do it on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like tell people ahead of time. Yeah, you so definitely that, do I know, that. I know. You know? And it makes it's everyone a squirm a little bit. But like anything, if you could get tons of feedback. Hmm, let me think. What would I ask people? I would say that because it's a question that I think maybe if they had all seen my tips for trips mm -hmm. or something. Sure. What I would want to know is at what point did they stop watching? If they didn't watch the whole thing, if they didn't watch the whole minute, it'd be very curious for me to know how long were you engaged and why did you stop watching? And if it's just, oh, I didn't feel like going there, okay. If it's 30 seconds and they, they thought a minute was too long, that's, that's really good for me to know. But it'd be really interesting to see how long they watched it for, 
what kept them that long and why they stopped? So I know it's kind of like three questions in one, but it's no. all related to yeah. why did you stop watching at this point? And so for the millions of people that are going to answer this, tell them how they can find uh, your videos. Oh, yeah. Well, if you guys want to check it out, it's called Rob's Tips for Trips, and you can find it at www.robstipsfortrips.com, or you could just Google it or search it on Facebook, Rob's Tips for Trips. There's a whole page on Facebook, and there's a YouTube channel as well. So Can people also go to those places to find out if they want a videographer or you know, anything else that's relevant. Yeah, I'm on all those channels. I also have my professional website, which, you know, features a lot of my commercial work. And that's at robertgphotography.com. G as in Garcia, because I'm Robert Garcia. So it's uh, www.robertgphotography.com. And that has all my contact info and a lot of my portfolio work as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you so much for having me. Look out for the podcast coming up. Uh, Bye, Robert. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful day. All right. Ciao, ciao.